Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kamisha Lucier, one of the senior pastors at A Day of Prayer. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Last night as I was talking with my husband and we were sitting in prayer before the Lord, the Lord said something that was really interesting. He said, gratitude is more than saying thank you. It is also refusing to take an opportunity to complain. So in other words, thank you plus not complaining equals gratitude. I thought, oh, that's an interesting saying, Lord. And it's true. If I think about it, it's easy to say thank you when someone gives you something, especially when it's something that you want. It's easy to say thank you. And it's even easy to say thank you when you get something you don't want. But the the second part of that, that phrase that the Lord spoke, refusing to take an opportunity to complain, is really powerful. When things don't go your way, do you re- resort to complaining? I know that I can say I, I have, and I, I've done that in, in times in my life, and I, I do work to not do it. But sometimes it just starts coming out, and I don't even know where it's coming from. And, and then sometimes I give myself some leeway, I guess, and say, well, Lord, but this really bothered me, or I was really expecting something else. But at the end of the day, our God has been good. And there is no reason to complain, especially against him, because he has been so good. The Lord also ministered something else to me that he said to me in preparation for Thanksgiving, you know, saying, Lord, what do you want me to say to your people um, for Thanksgiving? What do you want us to share with them? And what do you want to share with us as well? Because the word is first for us. And then, you know, the Lord wants us, wants us to share it with others. And this is what he said. He said, don't measure what I'm doing in your life against what people in the world say is happening in their life. I know many of you instantly, your mind went to social media. You see people on there and they're, you know, taking a chicka chicka click picture every time. And it looks like that's the, the, they're having the best life possible. And it leaves the impression that for some reason you're missing out. For some reason, what God is doing for you, because it's not what they are saying is happening in their life, then somehow God has done you a disservice. And that really ministered to me. You know, sometimes as I'm sitting before God and I'm, I'm asking and I'm looking for opportunities to make sure that I'm serving him and that he's pleased with me, I can look at other ministries or, um, you know, especially other ministries that have been in ministry for a long time and go, well, Lord, we don't look like this. Or, you know, it doesn't seem like that's what's happening in our life. And then the Lord will say to me, but I'm pleased with you. And that's all you need to be concerned with. That's all you need to... Um, <laughs> quote unquote, worry about, right? Focus on, think about, not actually fret or worry. But the only concern you should have is whether or not I'm pleased with you. And I thought, okay, Lord, you know, that, that helps me. That's, that's powerful. And that strengthens me. And it encourages me to continue to walk on the path that the Lord has for me. So I want to offer that same encouragement to you. Your only focus is to make sure you get that well done, you good and faithful servant, from your heavenly father and from your Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And at the beginning of the day, that's all that matters throughout the day. That's all that matters. We're a few days away from Thanksgiving 2022, and it is a wonderful time to praise the Lord from a sincere heart and just tell him, thank you. 
And it's also a good time not to take an opportunity to complain about anything, not to complain about, you know, what your life looks like or what it doesn't look like, what someone else has or what they don't have. And I'm pretty sure that we are told in the scripture not to compare ourselves amongst ourselves because those who participate in such activity are not wise. And when we tell God, thank you, we're not telling him, thank you, as though we are saying it out of pity for the Lord or having uh, mercy or compassion on him as though we are being gracious to him and giving him credit, even though he, we think in our minds, he hasn't performed up to standard. And that is a, a wrong attitude. God has been generous. You know, sometimes when we're like, say, thank you, even thank you, Lord, even if it doesn't feel like you, you want to say thank you. And the sacrifice of praise, which is, is good to praise even when you don't feel like it. But when we change your mindset around and we stop trying to look at God through the lens of what the world says that they have, we can see him for who he really is. It's kind of like that, um, you know, that, that spouse that is in a marriage and his, the one spouse is doing everything that they can, but the other spouse is still not satisfied. But then another um, opportunity comes along an opportunity for adultery comes along and that spouse goes, well, this person is giving me that one thing that I need, or there, there's something enticing over there. So I'm going to go in that direction. And then they neglect or forsake what God has given them and the spouse of that they have been assigned and the spouse of their youth. And then they pursue something else thinking that that's what they want, but really they have forsaken everything. And I know there's a lot of scripture where the Lord compares Israel to a wife and he is the husband and he wants us to be faithful towards him. But that starts with an attitude and a mentality of gratitude to the Lord, um, saying thank you, but then also refusing to take an opportunity to complain. I want to read Numbers chapter 14. The Lord was ministering to me about this this morning, so I'm just going to go ahead and share that with you. This is um, verse 1 through verse 4, and this is after the children of Israel um, send the 12 spies into the land of Canaan for the first time. And 10 of the spies come back. Um, actually, they all come back and they have grape clusters that are held up by a pole that they're carrying between them. They bring them, they brought back pomegranates. And they said, indeed, the land does flow with milk and honey. Like God was right about that part. But, you know, then they had the big butt that they threw out of there. And that was, this is 10 of the spies who said this. They said, but the children of Anak are in the land and the people are great and they're too big for us. And we were as grasshoppers in our own eyes. And so we were in their eyes. And then in verse 14, it says this after. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Now, of course, of the 12 spies, there was Joshua and Caleb who said, no, no, no. The land does flow with milk and honey and we're well able to do this. You know, they encouraged the people. They celebrated and um, they praised God in what they were saying and they found God to be faithful. They set their eyes to see 
that what the Lord has said was true. And if part A is true, then part B is true. If if God has told us that this is a land flowing with milk and honey, then it's a land flowing with milk and honey and we're well able to take it. They, they connected those dots. But the children, the other 10 spies and then the subsequently the group as a group, the children of Israel said, yeah, part A is there. Like that part of what God said is right. But this other part he lied about or he withheld and didn't tell us that the children of Anak they were there. They're giants. Um, and then they they came to a conclusion that God had lied to them and it was better for them to be a part of Egypt. Now, Egypt is a type and shadow of the world system. And I know that we live in uh, a technology-based culture, and I know what's popular right now is to get on social media and scroll and look at who's doing what, who's going where, who has what, and to compare your life with that. And then when you see like, oh, they're driving this car, they're going on this 15th vacation, or they're, you know, they're doing this, they're doing that, and their life looks like it's so much better. I just wanted to encourage you that you made the good choice to follow the Lord and Savior. And you have what is good and what is right in your relationship with him. Our God has not given us lack in poverty. He has not given us sickness and disease. And the way that he blesses us is not going to be the same way that the world does. And there's a, a concept here that the Lord, it took a lot of time for him to get through my 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 premise and the premise in my mind and the notions that I had, which was I felt like once I became saved, then God would take all of the treasures and the systems and the things that the world does and then just kind of put a Jesus cherry on top of that Sunday and give it to me. And then somehow the world's ways and strategies and systems and processes would be blessed for me because I'm a Christian. Well, that's not what the word of God says. And that's not what, what is in God's character, his nature. He says our, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And he tells us that the kingdom is a whole different economy and setup than what the world has. What God has is good and right and perfect, but the world's is a counterfeit actually of what the Lord has done. And it, the whole setup is drawn to dazzle you and entice you and draw your focus away from God so that you no longer look at him and behold him for who he is in gratitude and appreciation and loyalty and faithfulness to him. But then you start to have your desire wander off in your attention, wandering, thinking that there's another way or another plan. Remember that God put man and woman in the garden and the garden was good. It was perfect. It was complete. It was lacking nothing. And so were they in the presence of God. But yet when the enemy, the, the, the God of this world, little G, lowercase g of this world, presented them with something that was different than what God had, they looked at it and desired it. They looked at it and said, well, this is better than what God gave us. Let's partake of it. Even though it was actually letting go of all of the blessing that God had given them and taking hold of literal death. It was spiritual death. It was natural death. It was separation from the provision. It was separation from their relationship with God. Yes, he still loved them, but they could no longer walk with him in close fellowship with nothing between them and God like they had before. They lost everything. And having an eye that was evil, an eye that looked onto things that the Lord said, I don't want you to do this right now. And they said that what the world has is better than what you gave me, God. Now, I just want to compare this for you. 
And remind you, when you go back and, and read Genesis, gold was there. Trees and food and fruit were there. Um, water was there. All the natural resources that you could imagine that people kill for today was at their disposal. They had everything. And then they also had full dominion over it and authority, not to mention authority over the fish and the, the animals and the critters that were roaming and creeping around and everything like that and the birds. But they had one ship, oneness and fellowship with the Lord that is our prize. It's our everything. But because they did not value what they had to the extent that they should, they had caused their, their thoughts towards God to turn in a way that was not correct. And also the children of Israel, as we were looking at in Numbers chapter 14, took their eyes off of what God said and what God did. And they began to um, treat God as though he was dishonest with them. And somehow what he had done for them wasn't enough. And you, you can read back through the account of the children of, um, of Israel in, in the wilderness and the many times that even though they had manna, they said, it's not good enough. We want meat. They, you know, all the, all the times they complained against the Lord and they pointed it at Moses thinking they could direct it and, and kind of shield and guise what they were really saying. But God said, no, this is about their heart towards me. It's not about Moses or Aaron. It's about they're saying this against me, um, as in God taking that perspective. So I just wanted to encourage you today, this Thanksgiving, put on the mind of Christ and don't give God a pitiful thank you. Like, Lord, even though you didn't give me what I needed, even though you didn't take care of me, I'm still going to tell you thank you. Don't, don't treat him like that. <laughs> don't see your father in that way. Don't see your, your Lord and Savior in that manner. But say, look for all the provisions that God has made. Look for it and behold it in comparison to the Garden of Eden. Behold it in comparison to how your Lord and Savior lived in the earth. He didn't, he wasn't poor. So that's a lie from the pit of hell, anybody or religious mentality that tells you that he was, he was not poor. He had all of his need, needs met in abundance and he was not seeking wealth for himself as in the means of heaping it up so he could sit on a pile and go look what I got and take a selfie and uh, send it around the world and post it on social media to say I'm better than you that's not what he was doing here he was rich in his relationship towards God and yet the Lord provided everything that he needed when he needed it and that should be our standard of how we judge God's provision that should be our standard of how we look at him and we see him as we experience life with him and walk with him. Now, I hope that didn't sound too rough for you. I just want to bless you and love on you. But I, I do want to leave you with this. The real times of growth in my life came when God was honest with me, when he was very direct. And when he came and just said, Kamisha, here it is. And I was able to chew it and go, okay, Lord, you know, that went down a little bit hard. That wasn't quite what I was thinking you were going to say. <laughs> I would have liked to be coddled here, but our God is a good God. And he gives us the correction that we need so that we're able to grow. Coddling is for babies. The, the soft, warm, comforty blanket, you know, and being snuggled next to your, your mom's bosom, that's for babies. And there are times we all need a warm embrace and a hug, and we need the Lord just to say, I understand. And I, I absolutely get that. But we are mature men and women of God. We are believers who the Lord fully expects that we would be able to reproduce after his likeness. 
and reproduction is not for children, but it is for the mature. So I want you to come with me and walk with the Lord and with me as I share with you the things that the Lord is putting on my heart to strengthen you and to encourage you and to also cause you to grow up and mature. The Lord is looking for people who will do his good pleasure in this earth, who will do his will above their own. And in order to get to that place where we can hear a command from our heavenly father, from our Lord and savior and the Holy Spirit and say, sir, yes, sir, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done for us to come to that place for us to reach that or even be able to conceive it beyond our natural mind and thinking. We have to grow up in him. We have to mature beyond the the simple things or and and by simple I mean the the principal primary things in Christ, salvation and laying on of hands and healing and, and we have to move on to the things, move up to the things that are the the meat of the word. So that way we're able to not only grow ourselves, but to bring others along so that they are fed, they are filled and strengthened by the word of God and they're able to themselves put those weapons in their hands and do business in the earth until the Lord returns, which is what he's instructed us to do. So I hope that blessed you. I hope that encouraged you. And I hope you are strengthened and matured. I just want to also encourage you to keep keep listening every week. Keep walking with me. I am by no means a substitute for your own relationship with God. I'm, I'm absolutely just here to encourage you and share the things that the Lord shared with me that helped me to grow and to mature. And as your sister in Christ, I just want to fellowship with the Lord's work that he's doing in you. Take a moment and share this episode with someone like it on your social media, just so other people have a chance to see it and know that it was a blessing to your life and have an opportunity to be blessed as well. I just also want to remind you to live your life in the Messiah's love. God bless you.